Founders of Freedom with your hosts, Matt Wright and Mohammed Shaker. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Matt, I, yeah, for Matt, um, Mohammed's not here today. Uh, he had some stuff he had to get done, and so I brought on a very special guest. But we're going to be traversing the muddied waters of freedom. And let me welcome on my good friend and the only person that I have ever met who looks more like a Nazi than I do, Caleb Franz from Mill Liberty. How's it going, Matt? <laughs> How you doing, buddy? It's pretty good. And that's, uh, that's, that's quite the introduction. Yeah. <laughs> Caleb the Nazi Franz. Well, I get called. I guess it. my German name doesn't help with that either. No, I mean your hair is blonder than mine, and your eyes it are is, bluer than mine, and your skin, skin very, is paler than very mine. German. Yes, yes, you are. But I am definitely glad that you uh, came on the show today. I do appreciate it. Second time too. Is this second, is am I am I the first second time guest that you've had on the show? You are not. You are oh, the well, second, I feel second time. Significantly less important now yes. than what I did about five seconds ago. <laughs> I, but, Thanks a lot. But I know that. I'm going to have you on sometime next week too. So and the well, week I'm going to have you on sometime next uh, two weeks. I think I don't even remember when I'm having you on. November, so. November 30th, I will be November on your, 30th. Yes, November 30th, I will be on your show, Mill Liberty, for anybody out there listening or watching then i will be back in uh like two days right yeah you're gonna be <laughs> i'll be down in florida in like two days after that i know yeah i'm very excited about that uh for anybody who does not know december 3rd december 2nd sorry december 2nd uh mo and i are doing our one year anniversary show of the muddied waters of freedom and we are lucky enough to have caleb coming down to be live with us Blessing you all with my presence. Blessing us, blessing <laughs> us with your presence. And I am also lucky enough to say that Caleb is going to be staying at my house that weekend, and I am going to introduce him to the world of Kava and Kratom. Which that's I right, because I've not for the for the two times that I've been on this show, I have not had any. So that's going to change apparently. That that is definitely going to change. <laughs> you, you are going to enjoy the hell out of some Kava and Kratom. Uh, that we can embrace that for as long as the FDA continues to allow us to have it. Well, that's another story. That is another story. And we will get to that (laughs) very soon. Um, so real quick, I got, okay. So for anybody out there watching slash listening, I sent Caleb the greatest text message of all time this week. Uh, and, it sent twice because I don't have any service where I live. So, so the iMessage sent through, and then about four hours later, I get it again <laughs> in text message form. Whenever the uh, whenever the the service picked it up, so I get these massive like novels in my phone <laughs> two like two times in a in a row in a single day. Yes. But it started. It started because Caleb was actually. I had a dream. Caleb is now entering my dreams because we're so involved in each other's lives. But uh, he was in my dream, so I woke up and I texted him. I was like, "You and your girlfriend were in my dream last night. You suck at crime fighting." To which he responded, "That was the strangest text I've ever received." And I said, "I'll top that by the end of the day." <laughs> and. I, I don't even think it was an hour later. <laughs> he, he sends me literally a novel of, I, I don't know. I, I didn't actually read it because I was like, yeah, this, this topped it. I don't even need to know what's the context, <laughs> the content in, inside this, this message. He already topped it. Yes. That I, man, you didn't read that. That was so funny. I, no. I laughed for a <laughs> I very was like, I'm just going to skip over this. And then it sent again. And I was like, man, he really wants me to read this. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't me wanting you to read it. That was God wanting you to read it. Because apparently, yes. apparently he, he really wanted me to laugh at that. Yes, because it was absolutely hilarious. It was the story on how I met my father. The very, oh, very, father? <laughs> yeah, the very fictional story of how I met my father. It starts with me being kidnapped by circus midgets. Did and your it, hand get cut off? No, 
No. Were you were you having a, a glowing sword and <laughs> your handle? Because I don't think anything will ever top that uh, father to son meet. No, no, not even a little bit. Oh, uh, God. So Caleb is also one of the only other people I know that has the movie pass. And I get so yes. many text messages oh my from him. Best met is the best investment I have ever made. It is definitely worth ten dollars a month, like no it's, question. I mean, you get your, your you get your money's worth out of it, like in in two movies, depending on where you are. You know, depending on how expensive movie tickets are uh, in your area. Yeah, but I, like one movie pays for the entire month. So as long as I go to one movie a month, I've paid for it. And I go to more than that a month. I've been kind of Easily. slacking recently, but but <laughs> I keep getting so many text messages. He's like, hey, have you seen this movie yet? It's like the day it came out, like after the first showing. <laughs> Did you see? <laughs> well, I mean, I depending on the movie, I, I typically go to uh, to premieres for like, you know, Marvel films or right. Star Wars, obviously. I'm obviously. going to be going to that. Um, yeah, I, but... I, I had to buy those tickets early. Yeah, I, I still haven't gotten that yet, but um, I'm not as concerned in the area that I live about uh, selling out too early, which right. I'm pretty sure it'll it'll sell out eventually, but I'm not going to get it the day of, but um, I still have a little bit of time to yeah. work that out. We ended up buying um, 20 tickets to that show. That is ridiculous, <laughs> yeah. but also very good <laughs> yes we, we bought 20 we bought an entire row of seats in the imax for that show and uh you bring literally anyone and everyone that you want exactly and it's so funny because like we came out we we have a list of people and people are coming up to me and going, do you still have any tickets to <laughs> star wars <laughs> did you buy all of those with the movie pass no god no 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 i yeah i didn't think so i was like if if you can do that with that thing Oh, that is glorious. That is glorious. I would, would, I would be definitely absolutely glorious. I would pay for so many movies that way. I'd just buy twenty yeah. right tickets. But no, you can only buy uh, one movie every twenty four hours with that. Yeah, I, I knew that was the case, but I didn't know how like how advanced purchases worked. Yeah, I we we didn't even use Movie Pass for that. We just paid straight just bought the tickets. Just bought the tickets. I figure I'm going to go see the movie three times anyway. It's so Star Wars, so. Yeah. It's, it's the last Jedi. It is. It is the last Jedi. It yeah. is episode eight, which I was getting a little sad because I thought that the story was coming to an end, and then they announced a whole new trilogy coming out afterwards. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I know. This this story's never going to end. I can't wait. Not to mention all the uh, the anthology movies and, oh, and yeah. everything like that uh, to be included. I'm looking forward to Solo. I think. Well, I'm looking forward to any Star Wars film in general. Right. But the only, I mean, the only really, really the only anthology movie that I really, really want is a Kenobi movie. Oh, absolutely. I want a Kenobi. I would love a, I would love a Yoda movie, but. I, I would too, because you see, Yoda's always been my favorite character, but with Kenobi, I feel like that is, has the potential for the most like story rich. Uh, like, I, I think that could be something like the way. Star Wars version of like Logan without the cursing and the blood. <laughs> but as far as the tone and the mood goes, I mean, if you think after after what just happened in episode three, then he's probably not going to be in the best state of mind. True. That's actually yeah, that's actually a really good point. That could be. Yeah, that would be a very excellent. And with if if uh, Ewan McGregor comes back to play him. Which, which n- nobody else can. Of course, he will. Yeah, no, like, nobody else. The can. only only other person who could is Alec Guinness. If he if they dug him out of his grave and and woke him up from the dead and said, "You're going to play this as Obi Wan Kenobi," right? And they were like, "You know, you know that movie that you did that you hated, but you ended up doing and you ended up winning an Academy Award for." Um, we need <laughs> you to come back to life to play that character again. <laughs> And he'd be like, played uh, it three times. Even even as as ghost form, you can't get away from it. Right. <laughs> we, it's either you're going to agree to do this, or we're just going to CGI you into every scene anyway. So it really doesn't matter. Yeah, it really doesn't because I mean that's I mean that's what they did with Tarkin. So mm-hmm. it's what they did with Tarkin, and uh, I mean Carrie Fisher was still alive, so she probably gave rights to that. But 
Yeah, but I mean, she was not uh, the 19-year-old spring no, she, chicken that yeah. she was in, <laughs> in the New Hope. No, she was not. But yeah, when she turned when she turned around in that, I just went, "This this is great. Thank you, thank you so much, Star Wars, for this." I was like, "Thank you for bringing me right back to my adolescence." Yes, it was it was wonderful. The the last like five minutes of it was the most glorious entertainment and movie cinema that I have ever experienced. Uh, yes, I will agree with that wholeheartedly. <laughs> Wholeheartedly, like I felt so like far. a child. Yeah, I felt like a child leaving so that, that, leaving that theater. I was just everything was. I was giddy. I was happy. I was like, this yeah, is they, they couldn't have. They couldn't have ended it on a better note no, than that. Absolutely, that was perfect the way that they did that. But uh, getting on to the actual episode, because you and I could probably sit here and talk Star Wars for the entire episode. Well, I'm going to have an entire episode before. Uh, Star before the Last Jedi comes out, I'm gonna have an entire episode of my show just devoted to Star Wars. Nice, Excellent. yeah. About about uh, I think it, I don't remember when it is. I plan these shows and they leave my mind until it happens. I I think it's the week after the uh, the the one year anniversary. Okay, so like December tenth ish, eighth ish. I think the seventh. Okay, I could be wrong about that. The, the date that lives in infamy. Um, oh, yes, that's right. Yeah. Pearl Harbor. Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yep. um, yeah. So, uh, oh, and you and I also have a date at the Star Wars Hotel as soon as it opens, don't we? When is that again? That, that is a great question. They're thinking 2020. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, I, I could probably do that. Yeah, I was going to say, like, we we have time to save and plan. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That that shouldn't be an issue if right. it's that far in advance. Exactly. Uh, and if you don't know what the Star Wars Hotel is in Florida, look that up because I can't wait. I plan on living there sometime for a very extended period of my life. You'll pay rent as uh, in the in the hotel. <laughs> right. Like I will quit my job to go work there. Like I... <laughs> And pay rent in one of the rooms. Exactly. Um, anyway. Uh, yesterday, the FDA decided that they were going to be uh, complete dicks and uh, reopen old wounds for many, many people and decided that they were going to say that Kratom, one of the many outstanding all-natural beverages that we serve at Low Tide Cava Bar uh, in Gulfport, Florida, if you happen to be around, go try it, uh, is uh, not... Plug. Some... Yeah. <laughs> That's me plugging one of our sponsors. Um, but yeah, we, uh, they decided to state that it is not something that people should try and that there is no medical benefit that they have found for it. And, okay, well, you know, I am not a doctor and I can't make any medical claims, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that's bullshit. Like that is absolutely bullshit. I have seen the stuff that it has done for people. I know all the stuff that it, like I've seen it help people with pain. I've seen it help people with uh, addiction problems. It's helped me with multiple issues. It's helped people with anxiety disorders. It's helped people with so many other problems. And all of these are, you know, anecdotal evidence kind of things. But even still, even still, for them to say that they are going to work with the DEA for more regulatory control over the product is wrong. Well, since since when also has has it really been a concern of whether or not it is of of, of health benefit to people? Like like we we stuff ourselves every single year with so much food that is very clearly bad for us. Right. That's not an issue. Nobody nobody bats an eye about that. No, absolutely but not. For something like this, for something that might be slightly controversial, that's Yeah, they they asinine. In the report that came out yesterday, they cited 38 deaths that were related to Kratom. Now, from my extensive my extensive research on it, uh any death that had anything to do with Kratom, another drug was also in the system. So you could technically uh, with with that 
logic, you could say the same thing about like energy drinks. Right. You could say the same. I mean, you could say the same thing about pretty much anything. It's like, oh, this guy was drinking water and he died. I mean, granted, he was on heroin at the time, but yeah, the, wa- he, the he water choked him. to death because he took too much or something like right, that. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, they're they were saying thirty eight deaths. I have not seen any evidence to support it. Like I've seen people. They, I did an interview for CBS here in Tampa uh, about a kid who allegedly overdosed on Kratom, but then it came out later he had multiple drugs in his system that were known that if you were mixed these drugs could cause things like coma and or death. But they were blaming it on the Kratom. Which I mean, like most most drugs, if you if you mix anything, <laughs> it's it's, go- it's probably not going to be good, right? And the way I see it is, I mean, including I, prescription drugs, including prescription the drugs, drugs that are supposed to be good for you, right? Which is what actually the drugs that he had in his system were all prescriptions. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but I I know that I fall under a certain group of people that. A lot of people don't agree with this statement, but I personally think all drugs should be legal. I, I th- agree. Yeah, I, I I knew you did. Yeah, um, I obviously. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think all drugs should be legal. Um, I think that I should be able to walk into the corner store and buy heroin, like if you know I wanted to. I think that would be well, the the thing is is like it's it the the fact that um, and this can be applied with anything, but it could be applied with. Uh, with drugs, with with prostitution, with um, even guns and, and stuff like this. But whenever you make something illegal like this, and there's still a demand for it, then that's just going to push it into a black market, and then that's when it actually gets dangerous. Yes. That's when it actually gets really bad. I mean, sure, there's there it could still be dangerous when it's legal, and nobody is disputing that with with most things, especially like heroin or something like that. But the worst approach to it is to say we're just going to clamp down on this and treat you like you're, you know, subhuman. Right. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing is we treat so many people, uh, especially addicts, uh, as though they are subhuman when many times, yeah, granted, you do have the choice at some point in your life whether or not to use drugs. 100%. But there's sometimes that you do you do it. Some people can try you know cocaine once, never do it again. People can try heroin a few times and never do it again. And then you have the other people who they get hooked and they get stuck. And to treat them like criminals as opposed to trying to help them treat this problem is where the issue is. Yeah, and, and more than that, I would say that more people have had their lives ruined if if not just like either either killed or. Uh, just completely ruined where they can't find a job through the system that is in place to try to prevent people from doing this through the, through the criminal justice system that we have, because it's not incentivizing you to get off the drugs. We're going to say you were on the drugs. So we're going to put you in prison. This, this way you're going to get a felony. This way you can't get a job. This way you have nothing else to turn back to. You'll, you'll lose family members. You'll lose friends. You'll have nothing else to turn back to except for what puts you here in the first place. And we will perpetuate this for the rest of for your life. For the rest of your life. Because we're going to put you in jail for this minor drug offense. And then you're going to get out and you're going to have trouble finding a job. You're going to probably end up finding like a cheap job, like a job that doesn't pay you a whole lot. And you end up wanting more money and you may turn to a life of crime. Then you get back in the system because you were already in there and then just... If it was if it was legal and and this is something that we can, you know, uh, this is something that we can allude to and and some other topics that uh, we want to talk about. But if if it was completely legal, um, then they would not be turning back to these to these ways of life. Exactly. They would actually have the chance to rehabilitate. Yes. Become functioning members of society because, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, it's called corrections because you want to correct the problem. You don't want to keep them in prison. You want to make them members of society when they get out unless they're like stone cold killers, in which case I don't know why you would want them back in society. (laughs) In which case it's just called prison and it's not called Department of Corrections. Exactly. Um, Yeah. And what... 
the FDA has essentially tried to begin doing here is they're going to try to make anybody who uses this all-natural leaf, which they've done before in the past. I'm certain many people know what I'm talking about. Um, they're trying to make this all-natural leaf something that will create uh, many criminals out of people who don't actually deserve to be criminals. Uh, they're just yeah. people who don't enjoy – many of them are people like people who don't like the alcohol scene. Um, I got really scared because the moment that I said, I think all drugs should be legal. My dad called me <laughs> and I was like, I'm not, no dad, I'm on, I, I'm doing a show. I can't. And then he just texted me to let me know when he was going to be in town. Um, but, uh, can't have this debate right now. Yeah. I was like, dad, I'm not doing this right now with you. I'm, I'm, I, I'm doing it on air. Um, but yeah, he, uh, but they're attempting to uh, just turn all of these people into criminals in order to force them into having to live a black market life when they don't need to do that. No, there's 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 no reason for that. If you want them to, um, if you want them to actually contribute to society, if you want them to actually be, you know, some sort of functioning members with a stable family and turning away from their life of crime and, and drugs and everything, then we're doing the exact opposite of what we're supposed to be doing. That would actually be beneficial. Right. And the way that, the way that I've seen it is, you know, I've talked about this on the show multiple times, uh, that I have been, I've struggled with addiction pretty much my entire life. And I still struggle to this day with it. And when I decided to give up drinking alcohol, actually, I didn't decide to give up drinking alcohol. I made a bet with somebody because I like winning more than I like anything else. Uh, I made a bet with somebody and he was like, you can't quit drinking for a month. And I was like, watch me. Uh, and then I started drinking, you know, kava and kratom. And I started noticing I was being more productive and I was contributing more and I was getting more done. And that was when I started realizing maybe the alcohol was part of what was holding me back. And I'm not saying that, that it does that for everybody. I'm saying it did that for me. And then I was able to readjust my life accordingly. Right. And I think that's also the other, the other thing that has to be taken into account. Cause like I could drink, uh, you know, anything I want and it not really affect me that much. It has, it's different for other people and you can't just have a one size fits all, Right. Uh, approach to especially something that is only affecting an individual person. Exactly. And when they're saying that 38 deaths over the course of five years or whatever has them concerned, that's just hypocrisy because they ignore thousands of so much other things exactly. that they, they could be focusing on. Exactly. We're talking about. 38 deaths, which I don't personally believe and granted, I'm not a doctor, nor do I work for the FDA. So I don't know what studies they're looking at, but 38 deaths that I don't personally believe have anything to solely do with Kratom is like compared to the thousands upon thousands upon thousands of deaths from heart disease or from alcohol or cigarettes or whatever else. And it's just, I don't think any of that stuff should be banned. Not, not one of it. Like if we could get rid of heart disease, that'd be cool, but you can't, you can't legislate it. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like, Oh, sorry, you have heart disease. That's illegal. Uh, <laughs> well, you've got diabetes. Sorry. You're going to prison. Uh, put you in jail for this. Right. So I don't see, I, I don't see why they're focusing on this except for the fact that I do believe that it does help people with their opiate addictions and they want to sell more drugs to help people get off of their opiate addictions. Well, yeah, it seems to me like this is the, the same sort of situation, um, that people like with, with e-cigarettes and, and vaping and stuff like that with, uh, with tobacco, that it's, it's a safe alternative. There's no real, I would, I would say I mean, safer. It's, it's a safer alternative. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not going to lead to the same kind of things um, at the same mass scale that um, that cigarettes and tobacco leads to, right? But if there's any 
any possible vario, uh, variable, despite the fact that it's actually helping people wing off cigarettes, then you gotta you gotta regulate it, you know, to kingdom come. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. With them regulating uh, e-cigarettes, vape juice, whatever, it, whatever else, versus um, you know, how they regulate anything else that gets in the way of where big tax money comes from. Exactly, and it's just insane. Um, so anyway, uh, call congressmen, call everybody, tell them to, uh, tell the FDA to stay off of Kratom. Uh, the American Kratom Association is going to be doing a bunch of drives, uh, for, for lobbyists and those sorts of things. And we'll be handling a social media presence in order to remind people that Kratom does not need to go away and to ask people to help join the fight. So if you are willing, please look up the American Kratom Association or the Botanical Legal Defense Fund, and both of them can point you in right directions on how to help save Kratom. Um, The other thing that we wanted to talk about today, uh, my good friend Caleb sent me before the show, and the was that the Ninth District Circuit Court? I believe so. I okay. think it was Ninth District. Let me uh, pull it up here. If I, if my computer will let me see through this advertisement. Is it the Samsung one? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, um. So, yeah, Ninth okay. Ninth Circuit. The Ninth District Circuit Court uh, decided today that. People who have medical marijuana cards cannot own guns, which as people who firmly believe in the Second Amendment, we disagree wholeheartedly with this decision. So, so this is this is one of those areas that that really um, that, that I have uh, really thought about for quite some time and um the the war on drugs is honestly the greatest infringement upon the Second Amendment than anything else that uh, any other piece of legislation or any other uh, any other try to regulation or anything like that. The war on drugs has done more harm and has infringed more people's rights to keep and bear arms than any other thing. And quite honestly, that could be applied to the entire Bill of Rights. But with you know the Second Amendment being the topic at hand. Um, it's, it is complete hypocrisy that conservatives who, who want to basically keep the war on drugs, who want to regulate what you do in your own life. It is very ironic and it's very, um, it's very hypocritical of them to say that they support the second amendment, but then they also say, we also support regulating your life and telling what you, what you can do in your own body. Because you have situations like this where if, oh, you smoke marijuana, which it doesn't really affect. I mean, I, I, I don't really see the, the science that they're pulling where they're saying that medical marijuana uh, cardholders are irrational. That was the, the justification is that they could be more irrational or more, uh, oh, what was, what was the word they used? Um, I, I can't find it right now. They said something about being irrational and and could possibly, um, it could possibly be more dangerous with, with it because you're on medical marijuana, equating it to basically like prescription drugs or something for depression. Unpredictable behavior, irrational. Unpredictable behavior. Yeah. And that's, that's just, first of all, that's no excuse to, to violate your, your second amendment rights, like none whatsoever. Um, if if that was the case, then there would be a lot more instances of people not getting firearms. Absolutely, you're you're just trying to find an excuse to crack down on weed, which is why something else. Like I I don't think that Trump is this great champion of uh, the Second Amendment the way that everyone makes him out to be because of how he. Uh, got sessions as the attorney general. I, I consider that more dangerous than whatever Diane Feinstein is trying to push through Congress right now. The, the, cause she like reintroduces an assault weapons ban. That's not going to pass. It's basically the same thing that, 
um, that the Republicans did with Obamacare um, in under President Obama, whenever they knew that there was no chance that it was going to pass, it was all show vote. Uh, this is essentially, I see this as basically the same thing. No Republicans going to vote for it. Every Democrat's going to vote for it. It's going to get struck down. The president would never sign it. But what is actually infringing on your rights is basically situations like like this, um, with uh, situations like with Jeff Sessions trying to crack down more on marijuana. That is real. That is happening day yes. after day. Yes. Because once you, they start infringing on any, like once they start infringing on certain rights, they're going to start infringing on other rights. And I, you made a post today that you felt that uh, Republicans were actually more dangerous for civil rights than the Democrats because the Republicans will sit there and say, we don't want to infringe on your civil rights and then backdoor it, where the Democrats will openly state that they want to do it and then attempt. Well, I mean, just with liberty in general, because what, you right. can apply this to, to, to free markets, you can apply this to the Second Amendment, you can apply this to the First Amendment. You know, Republicans will hold these rallies and they'll get up on on stage at uh, events like CPAC and they'll and they can really stir a crowd and they can really get people to donate to them and vote for them. But, uh, you know, and they might even vote for some good things that are, you know, they might be like show votes or something like that. But when it comes to things that actually matter, like the war on drugs, which the war on drugs can violate your Second Amendment, it can violate your Fourth Amendment. Um, it can violate your your Fifth Amendment. I mean, there's so many things that you can just go down the Bill of Rights and see. Does the War on Drugs violate this? Absolutely. Yes. And that was, as we all know, a Republican initiative from the get go. I mean, that was that was Nixon. That was Nixon. Um, even in on the side of economics, you know, even I remember, I think it was last week or the week before when you and Mo were talking about this a little bit. Um, and you brought up healthcare and how, how, uh, how, you know, Republicans may, uh, they at least somewhat get that one right. But I mean, that was even done by, that was even initially brought to, to the national spotlight by a Republican in, uh, 1908, I think, or 1912, I think, 19, uh, the it was it was Teddy Roosevelt right. is is who first brought it to to the national spotlight and to the national stage. So so everything that that has been brought through has been through Republicans who are just basically big government in disguise. But everyone wants to vote for them because they're scared of the authenticness of big government in your face that the Democrats have. I, Teddy Roosevelt, he Teddy Roosevelt's a very interesting uh person because so many Republicans talk about how great he was. But I, I, have, I have very negative opinions of, of I, him that get, that gets me in trouble a lot. Yeah. With his, I, I also, my friends, but I do think that Teddy Roosevelt was pretty much a badass. I'll give him that. Like he was very, he was very much a badass in that. Like he got into boxing matches and went on like safaris and stuff like, like the, very cool. I mean, yeah, but you could, you could also say that about Lincoln and about True. Jackson I mean, Jackson, Jackson, beat a guy. Jackson was an ass, but he was a badass like that. Dude. Jackson beat a guy with a cane after an assassination attempt. Right. The guy shot him and then he beat the dude with a cane. Yeah. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. But he also, you know, it's the strong man politics that all of these guys hold that I'm I'm the tough conservative here. Or I mean, even in Jackson's case, you know, people like Trump hold him up as as this this icon that that we should uh that we should strive to despite you know the whole trail of tears things right you know kind of a black eye on our right uh, on our image and so many people uh, give jackson such a pass because he defeated the banks twice but still at the same time like that doesn't that doesn't excuse yeah, I, everything I don't see how any of that and and that's that's kind of the mentality that a lot of people have is that they want a strong conservative which kind of gives way to why uh so many republicans are so much worse about government than than democrats are because they may talk a good talk about rights and about free markets and all this kind of stuff but at the end of the day it's the authoritarian strongman mindset that oh, we got to do what we got to do after um 
I believe it was right after the uh, Panama Canal because Teddy Roosevelt did the Panama Canal without Congress. He just said, yeah, we're going to do this. And he did. Um, and then when somebody brought him up and said, why did you do it this way? He said, if I had introduced this to Congress, they would have spent months fighting it in Congress. Now they just get to spend the rest of their lives fighting me about it. And so he basically just took a monarchy approach to that's, it. That's in it. That's a very dangerous it is. road to go down. Exactly. Like, and everybody just yeah, kind of allowed that's, it. That's, I mean, yeah, we they might spend months debating about it. That's a good thing. Right. Because if worst case scenario, it doesn't happen. And or best case scenario, depending on your your outlook on D- it. Yeah, depending on uh, depending on the issue. <laughs> yeah. But I mean But but it it will at least give the American people a chance to sit back and look and see what they're trying to push through. Exactly. And that, I mean, especially back in 1912 or whenever the, Pan- I don't know when the Panama Canal was built. I think it was 1910, 1912-ish. Yeah, it would have been around um, 19, early 1900s, before 1912, because that was, Teddy had like a four-year had, break. Yeah, he had his hiatus. Right. Um, But yeah, like it was that kind of thinking and then nobody did anything about it that, ended up like it led to people nowadays just being able to use executive orders at will. He was was without question the forerunner of um, seizing in peacetime, seizing executive authority where the constitution did not authorize it. Yes. But you know, the the thing that so many people say that, you know, talk about how great he is, is uh, that they say, what was it? Oh, uh, he's done so much for the National Park Service. Which that that kind of pisses me off too, because right, yeah, I I, I know. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's there's like I just I just hate roads and national parks and schools and right, you know, yeah, I, but I mean, all joking aside, that was a massive, not only executive uh, overreach, a massive um, abuse of executive power, but also. Um, an abuse of of federal power on the states because that was stealing land that the states had and said, no, we're going to make this federalized. Yes. Yes. They took all of the parks from all of the West essentially, and some from the East, but mainly from the West and said, no, this is all going to become federal land. You can't do anything to it. And we're going to hire people through federal money in order to take care of it or not take care of it. And I mean, if you, if you look at a map of the West right now, today, like the entire state of Nevada is essentially federal land. Yes. Yes. And that leads to situations like the the Bundy Bundy. situation where there are where there are property rights uh, disputes and, you know, somebody somebody has a they have the FBI face off and somebody dies because the government has so much overreach in the West right now. Yes. And. And the amount of government control over any of that stuff, like they should give all of those things back to the states. They should not be, the federal government should not be in charge of running the Grand Canyon. No, no, not at all. That should be handled by Arizona, Nevada, Utah, and wherever else it is out there. I've been there. I just don't remember which parts (laughs) of the country it's in. Um, I mean, I I love, I love, I, I am a Buffalo you know, I, I love Buffalo. I love bison and I, I love the West. I've been out to Yellowstone, uh, once, but we had, I, I took and I took a, a trip in the Northwest a few years ago and a trip in the Southwest about seven years ago. And I love all of it. Yes. The federal government didn't make that. No, like, like it would have been beautiful without the federal government. I understand the pros, the, uh, the preservation arguments, but you can equally get things done and and have things equally preserved through either the states or through private private property rights. Yes, much if, better than you can through the government. It'll be done much more efficiently and much more cheaply. The federal government, I should say, right. and and not only that, but I mean, if you look throughout history in the in the opposite end of the spectrum, it was because of the uh, because the government essentially gave 
free reign to the West and there were no actual property rights, that led almost to the complete extinction of the buffalo to where now they have to somehow protect uh, the bison from going extinct. That that was a government-originated uh, problem. I did not know that, actually. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know that. I mean, that's that's the tragedy of the commons. That's I mean, you can look at, uh, at the pilgrims with that because, I mean, that was the first American experiment in socialism was, was the pilgrims. That's how we got our first Thanksgiving was because they rejected uh, communalism. Yes. And, and they said, we got to do something different because this whole – community thing it's starving us and we're not going to survive another winter yep. and and that's that's been a reoccurring theme over and over and over again throughout our history every time that you just open things up and nobody owns it or everyone's owns or it so nobody owns, owns it. it then it leads to mass starvation exactly and that's what like whenever the government shuts down like at what okay so the government shuts down because you know a budget crisis or whatever yeah, that that kills me the most. Like they actually pay more money to keep people from going in the parks. Exactly. Than they do than they what they would do if they just left it open and just not paid their their staff. Right. To to maintain it or whatever. Exactly. And like so if you if you go to DC, they actually have blocked off the Lincoln Memorial. Because you can't walk onto the steps while the government's closed. Yeah, that's that's what uh, that's that's what national parks look like when it's completely run by the federal government. Exactly. It's, it's well, sorry. Then all the strings are attached to it. We we can't figure out whether or not to fund Planned Parenthood. So sorry, you don't get to go take a look at the Jefferson Memorial. Yeah, like, even though it's a completely wide open. Right. Even though you walk <laughs> past it. You can't go up onto the steps to take a picture of the statue. Like yeah, that's that's so asinine. It is idiotic, and of course, it's the, like it explains the federal government in the most perfect of ways. Right. I love the uh, story that came out today. Which I mean, I find this absolutely hilarious, and I agree with it. But they are going to get a lesson that they don't really want. But Cards Against Humanity bought a section of the border. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, I think that is so funny, and I am a hundred like I'm a hundred percent on board. Like privatize the border, like let whoever yeah. buy up sections of lands of the border. Cards Against Humanity is going to get a really awful lesson in imminent, imminent domain soon. You know that might be interesting though if um, if they do try to if if they do try to uh, take that to court to see how that plays out if if they do go the eminent domain routes and cards against humanity sues the government. I think that, Oh man, that'll be the, that'll be such a great case to watch. Oh, it would be, it'd be, it'd be so wonderful. I think to at least witness, um, and a great opportunity for property rights. Right. And I, I, right now I am on the side of cards against humanity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They, they own that portion. So that is theirs. Yeah, I, I disagree absolutely. with the government taking it from them. So hopefully 100%. I can't wait to see how that one ends up turning out. But yeah, <laughs> I, I read that today and I was like, Oh, that's going to end so poorly for them, but I can't <laughs> wait to watch this happen. Cause I will fight for cards against humanity. I mean, if they sue them, that could be, you know, a case for the ages. Oh yeah. That's easily. Easily. Easily, and they they absolutely should sue them if they try to take it. What I would love to see is how the the political teams take shape, because you know the the Trump people will be like, of course they should they should take their property and build a wall on the border, even though this is completely against everything, everything that, we, that we supposedly that, yeah. believe in. Everything that we dis we are going to go against everything we disagree with on this one, and. All the Democrats are going to go, we don't really believe in property rights, but that's theirs. <laughs> yeah. It's, it, and if and for the Republicans, it, it would be if Obama was doing this, we would absolutely be against this because that's an abuse of authority. Yep. That's an abuse of, of, uh, of, of federal overreach. 
Um, but this is this is Trump's wall, baby. Right, but this we is Trump's we wall. We can't get in the we way. Can't we can't stop, stop the wall. And if they they can't put a gate in for illegals to just walk back and forth, we can't have that. <laughs> That's absolutely hilarious. I know, but yeah, it's it's going to be fun to watch that one play out. Because you're right, you are going to have the people who don't believe in property rights supporting and defending property rights, and the people who claim to defend property rights to say, no, the government should just take that. Yeah, this is, I mean, it's about, it's about my immigration. Right. It's my, a, immig- my, my immigration. <laughs> my immigration. My wall. Uh, but, you know, I say it, privatize the borders. Everybody should own their own piece of the border, and then if you don't want people on your land... You can do whatever you want. It'll be fun to see how that works out. Yes, I I am definitely looking forward to how that one all plays out. Uh, Well, that is pretty much all the time we have for today because we were only going to do a short show and we're doing almost a full show. That's what happens when I I know. I guess. I I I appreciate you coming on today. I definitely uh, I always enjoy having you on, and I am definitely looking forward to having you down here for our show December second. I I can't imagine how long that's going to last. I know. Like we're trying to kind of plan out that show, and it's like okay, it's going to start at two and end right around five, and we got something planned at two o'clock, and then we got something planned at three o'clock, and something planned at four o'clock, and I'm going, yeah. <laughs> that might not work out that way. We, we may be doing a five-hour show that day. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but no matter what, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time. I'm definitely looking forward to the Q and A session with uh, yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, with the people that show up because many of the people that are gonna show up are from the Kava community here in Florida, and many of them are we'll call them Bernie supporters. Not libertarians. Not libertarians. Not That'll libertarians. Be so, so I'm interested awesome. to see how this goes. That'll be so awesome. Yeah. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, but once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. I definitely appreciate it. I may give you a call next week. Uh, okay. Because I've got a couple. We've got a couple more that we need to catch up on. Um, <laughs> we've got. We need to get to 53 by the second. So. Uh, we're at 40, this is 47. You were on episode 47 today. I could, I'm happy I could, uh, could help you make this one <laughs> a reality. I, I am too. I'm, well, I'm always happy when you come on. So, yeah. and, and you and I have great text message conversations anyway. So apparently, <laughs> and, uh, I will actually, in the show notes on this one, I will post the story that I sent him. So everybody, oh my can Lord. See, yeah. So everybody can see how great of a story that was because it was fantastic. And if you want to read the story about how I was kidnapped by circus midgets and later met my father at a sex party in Tupelo, Mississippi, you can <laughs> read that story. Hey, you will have read one more story than I have. Yes. If you read that, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but again, thank you so much. Uh, for anybody that's interested, he, where can they find your show? I know where to find it because uh, I'm subscribed. Yeah, so you can find it at OutsetMagazine.com. Um, and it's also on Twitter at Mill Liberty. And then I'm on Twitter too at uh, Caleb Franz. Um, this week we have a, a gun episode. We're separating myths, facts from fiction. Um, and so then I, obviously the next one after that will be your interview. So I can't wait for that one. November 30th facts from fictions on gun real quick. We can say spoiler alert, I guess. Um, are there chainsaw bayonets? You know what? There there's, uh, those, those are real things, but I don't think they're, I don't think they're, it's quite the same thing that USA today is, (laughs) is thinking. And, and there is a a slight spoiler. Uh, AR does actually not stand for assault rifle. No. In case you didn't know. It does not. It does not. But Uh, it does have a Death Star attachment. It does have a Death Star attachment. I I did like the lightsaber attachment. That was my favorite. Yeah, that one, that one was cool too. That's like you get the, you get the class of the lightsaber (laughs) with, with the vengeance of the blaster all in one. Exactly. Um, but again, thank you so the much. The elegance. <laughs> the elegance. That's what it was. Um, 
Again, thank you. Remember, everybody, you can follow me and Mo on Facebook at facebook.com backslash muddied waters of freedom, on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom, or on Twitter at muddied underscore waters. This and every episode can be found at muddiedwatersoffreedom.com. And thanks to Low Tide Kava Bar for the kava I drank during the show, and that I'm going to force Caleb to drink when he gets down here on December 1st. Um, and I am looking forward to doing your show. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. I don't even know what we're going to talk about, but I never know what we're going to talk about when we do our shows. So I'll have something pulled up. So cool. Excellent. Well, remember everybody. Thank you so much. Uh, Caleb, hang out for just a minute and I'm all right. going to, uh, do my thing here. Uh, again, thank you all very much. Please like, please share. Uh, and I will see you all very soon. Mo will be back on Saturday. Uh, so I will be, we'll be doing a normal show on Saturday with him. Uh, and remember guys, where we're going, we don't need roads.